Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. He's not the kind of wheel you fall asleep at. It's one of my favorite Tom Waits lyrics. <laughs> it's really great. This is Pet Sunday School. And to our listening ears, all angels sings and round us rings the music of the sea. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and we are broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's midterm voting week, so what has Penn been doing? Pushing his new book, left and right, going to bookstores, selling his book, putting it out for the people, giving them what they need, distraction. Here he is, Preach of the Love. Preach of Love. Penn Gillette. Oh, geez, Preach of Love. I, last night, had a book signing event, Yeah. Uh, speaking of what you're speaking about, Yeah. at Writer's Block yeah. in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I've done like five, six, something like that, mm-hmm. of these readings, where I go up and yap about my book, but I had a feeling of disquiet. Oh, no. Being in Vegas. I didn't know what it was, but I kind of had this feeling, oh, now the audience knows what you're talking about. Oh. Because a, a lot of random, the book, yes. takes place in Vegas. Yeah. And a lot of it's on Fremont Street. So I expected people that I was talking about in the book to kind of show up and say, what the fuck were you talking about? Like the lady with the, with the tape on her areola to be like, hey. It's, it's stapling. Stapling yeah. bills there. Or the guy who's dressed as Kiss with the big dick yeah. in the uh, banana hammock coming in and going, uh, you like my hawk, really? Uh, <laughs> I have a question, Mr. Gillette. Excuse me. I then my nightmare came true. A guy at in the back after it's always a guy in the back. Uh, <laughs> Nightmares always start with a guy in the back. Raises sure. his hand. Yeah. Yes. What's your question? Uh, what do you think about Proposition Three? <laughs> oh, you're you're asking me about a actual political issue here in the town that I live in. And I've been talking about the importance of politics in this election, and I don't know what it is. Uh, so that happened. It was awful. Did you vote yet? No. Well, then you're good. You're fine. I can find out about it. You have plenty of time to... Yeah. to Bone up on Proposition 3. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? It's an election thing. Do you want me to look up Proposition 3? No. No one cares. It's local. It's Vegas. That's true. Yeah. What we care is we have people yeah. on the ballot who say... <laughs> If if uh, we don't care about what the election's outcome is, yeah. we go on our own. And once you've got someone who say, if someone, I don't care what it is, if someone sits down to play chess with you and says, I don't think if you checkmate me, I'm going to lose the game. Don't you just stop right then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that the question three is so confusing that that guy was definitely just going to vote whatever you said. <laughs> Because even online, when I've researched it, it was confusing. Yeah. Well, I had not researched it online, and that's what he busted me on. That was the uh, thing I was um, I was worried about, and it happened. Oh, that is frustrating. And I did um, I did Seattle and Portland. I thought that only happened to presidents and stuff, where you hold a press conference about one thing, and the hands go up and they ask you about another. Yeah. You know? Well, I had the greatest thing happen in Seattle ever. Yeah. I love this. And people in the audience... Uh, it, it was really just great. So I said during my, you know, I talk for like an hour or 45 minutes or an hour yeah. before I do the Q&A. I read a little bit of the book, but mostly just talking about how I came about to write the book and so on. And I really incorporated some of the questions previously. So I do cannibalize the questions that are going to be coming up. But I did say, you know, it's very different being interviewed by someone who does a book, who does book uh, reviews Mm -hmm. than being interviewed by someone who does live shows. Because live shows, they don't see your show. They don't care about your show. They've got one stupid question. That is, why doesn't Teller talk? 
<laughs> and I said, but when you're doing a book, they say, why'd you use this particular quote from such and such? Why'd you do this? It's much harder to go on. But I also said, because the book people are really serious about their questions. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So that's about a half hour, maybe 40 minutes into the uh, into my talking. Yeah. Finish up. I do a card trick because I, I, I like to end with my, a card trick. So I end with a card trick. Then I go to the Q&A. And um, so the Q&A goes, question one, question two, question three. Each one of my questions is, you know, a 10-minute answer. That's the way I do it. And uh, point to one guy, and he says, I was wondering, how did you come up with the idea of Teller being mute when you perform? <laughs> so I look him right in the eyes. I can't see a crack there or anything. I can't see anything. So I go. I, I, I said during the thing, that's the only question I ever get asked. And he goes, yes. <laughs> and someone in the front and row. also why I am here. <laughs> someone in the front row is actually mouthing what? The actual fuck. <laughs> so I kind of fumble a little bit and then I answer the question. Because what else am I going to do? Next time, you just got to say, before I answer, how, how many of you were going to ask that question? Raise your hand. <laughs> okay, when I'm done answering, please leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do dip a, a few in the bud. Yeah. I say, I'm going to open the questions. Get your hands up. Now, how many people were going to say the dice on the cover are wrong? Hands go down. <laughs> I say, I can explain why the dice on the cover are wrong. Because they're not dice, they're a picture. And fuck you. Those are my two answers. Uh, <laughs> but I try to nip that right so in the butt. Just the artist just doesn't look at dice, he just drew dice from memory. And for the artist thing, is that what happened? I believe it's that the person that signed off on the cover, the person who wrote the book, yeah. was incompetent enough not to look at the picture. I would not. If you sent me a picture with dice on it, and I just, unless I saw like seven pips, I wouldn't flag anything. Right. Well, the opposite sides of the dice add up to seven. Yeah. So if you can see in a two dimensional picture, numbers that up to seven, those aren't real dice. At least not 20 or 21st century dice. Because before that, that wasn't true. There was a time when dice added up to different things in the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's really funny is the actual answer is that you've been using rigged magic dice for the majority so of your life. <laughs> Although, changing what side the pips are on. Oh, God. Are we going to get letters on this? Changing what side the pips are on does not change the probability. Right? Right? <laughs> 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 I, I don't think it can. Yeah. I don't think it can. But boy, does it annoy people. <laughs> it really fucking annoys them. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. So I have friends in Seattle, right? Yeah. So we went out to a vegan place afterwards. Mm -hmm. And of the three people we were out with, two of them were lawyers. Ah. So, and there was a lot of talk of politics. Mm -hmm. These were not Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. These were not election deniers. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, these are people who know Obama and know him well. Jesus. Okay. Uh, oh, this is one of my friends in Seattle who's really good buddies with Obama. And I said, the only president I've ever met is Trump. That that's the horror of my life. And she said to me, You want to meet Obama? I said, I said, What? She said, Do you want to want to hang out with Obama? I think you guys get along great. I said, Well, I, I'm not Bruce Springsteen. And she said, well, Are you gonna be in Chicago? 
And I said, well, yeah, in December. She said, he'll be there too. We'll get you guys together. So I may be hanging with Obama. Listen, I have the same burden. Can I come? <laughs> like, <laughs> the only picture I have for the president is me shaking hands with Trump at Apprentice, which at the time, I said to Peter Golden, who the fuck am I going to show that to? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture of Pete with him. He goes, here, we'll switch. And Donald waved me over. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I got a photo on my phone with him. And I literally said, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> and that was just because he was a, a birther denier at that point. Yeah. You, you, you didn't even have a reason at that point. Yeah, at that point. Just, <laughs> he, just, he just gave Trace Atkins an award. That's what I, <laughs> what I really was pissed about. <laughs> He just gave Trace Atkins I mean, charity. A it million is dollars. amazing that Donald Trump was a piece of shit before he started being a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, he did not go south. No, he did not go bad on us. He didn't. He didn't. Ex he didn't accelerate in any way. No, he just, he just stayed a piece of shit. I was reminded. This is just because because with time things have to start getting funny, right? Do you remember he just wanted to buy Greenland in the middle of his presidency out of nowhere? Like I forgot about that. He literally tweeted something about buying Greenland. And then, but you can just with Trump, you can yeah. just say that about anything he did. Yeah. Remember, remember when he, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's crazy. But so without, I without that's what I'm saying. Like there's a, there's gonna be a time politically where that's just hilarious. It to, in, historically, regardless of party. Yeah. That he just was like ran like can, can I buy Greenland and everyone was like no he's like oh. Like that <laughs> that happened for a day. Yeah. He was he was <laughs> playing risk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give him an extra 20 points if he knew where Greenland was. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway. Yeah. So uh, our friend Scotty yeah. uh, floated an idea that I thought was one of the greatest political ideas I'd heard. Okay. So I floated it in front of the lawyers. That's, I was going to say, because Scotty's not a lawyer. No. Scotty's a filthy juggler. Yeah, he's just a juggler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he had this idea, which I think holds water. Right? Mm -hmm. He said, Clarence Thomas was one of the ones who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. We all know that. And then Clarence Thomas wrote that weird-ass thing saying, there's other stuff that's up for discussion. Right. right? We could maybe get rid of gay marriage and implied. We mm -hmm. get rid of da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da. Scott, Scotty said, you know, what I'm thinking is he's playing the long game. He's playing the long game for things that are overturned. Yeah, he's seen a lot of dominoes. Because, remember, he's Catholic. Mm -hmm. He's real Catholic. Yeah. He does, okay, so here, that's important to remember. Yeah. Right? Now, he did not mention in there overturning loving, which, loving. Is, which is the interracial marriage. Okay. He did not mention that. But everybody said, oh, oh, he didn't mention overturning loving because his wife identifies as white and he identifies as African-American and he would never overturn. Aha! But therein lies the genius. <laughs> He's just going to lay back and slow play. Right. Until they overturn loving. Because as a Catholic... He can't he votes for it. Yeah. And his marriage to Ginny is over. No <laughs> alimony, no nothing. He is done with her, and the Catholic Church can't bust him. <laughs> All he is doing is trying to get away from if you were married to, to Ginny, Ginny Thomas <laughs> and you were on the Supreme Court, how much scheming would you be doing right now? Yeah. Plus, you got to be like, if there's anyone who can do it, it's the people in this room. Yeah. <laughs> it is my coworkers. Yeah. It'd be very weird if I worked all day with coworkers who could change my life for the better. Yeah. And I didn't think about it, didn't yeah. plot, didn't scheme. Yeah. At the time, to me, loving seemed like a really good ruling. Yeah. But you know, having been married to her yeah. for that long, I'm beginning to doubt it. <laughs> So I floated Scotty's idea in front of lawyers. Yeah. Um, they did not seem to like it. Well, one of them loved it. Yeah. She was laughing her ass off. Yeah, yeah. But the other one, who was African-American, seemed to miss the humor in that. Oh. I like the idea that like Sotomayor and Roberts are like grabbing a coffee and being like, so Clarence keeps rattling off lists left and right, like hypothetical lists. 
Sometimes he includes loving in those lists. Have you heard that? It seems like he's saying it more. He's still sticking in the middle, but he's listing a bunch of cases and he throws, lately he's been throwing loving. Am I hearing it? He's throwing loving in all the time. Well, right? What I've been noticing is three or four of the others he throws in yeah. are like ice cream horses. <laughs> like he, they don't seem to be real court cases. <laughs> like he brought up ice cream V horses. And I don't think that's even a court case. I had my clerk look it up yeah. and I think he just has tried to camouflage loving in the middle of it. He goes, ice cream V horses. Yeah. There's corn versus Henry. Just everyone, everyone over at the federal society being like, how do we bring this case to the court? How do we get this back? I don't know how to bring a dumb case in the lower court that just gets kicked all the way up. Yeah. How do I figure this out? We gotta, we gotta, but I owe Clarence a favor. Yeah. I got to do this for him. Bring Loving up there. I got, <laughs> and this will be the first time he'll recuse himself ever. Yeah. He'll never recuse himself yeah. on anything. Yeah. But he obviously needs to recuse himself. I love the fact that there are rules in the Supreme Court yeah. that say when you have to recruit. Recuse yourself. Yeah. The word is recuse. Recuse is going culinary. Yeah. Culinary. <laughs> culinary. Recuse. Recuse. Recuse yourself. Yeah. There's a serious list. And on that list are things that Clarence Thomas needs to recuse himself. Yeah. And then it says, which I really love, there's no enforcement on these rules. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the Supreme Court, the government used to be run by people with shame. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted to do things right because it was the right thing. Yeah. So you can make a rule, you know? If we're sitting around talking, we can say, here's our little rule for tonight. For instance, yeah. we're not going to use our cell phones. Right. Or even for like a hypocrisy out of fear. I sure would like that. Mm -hmm. I would sure would hate if someone I didn't disagree with started doing that to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and now they're like, or I could just win now and not give a shit about the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's amazing that they have all these things that there's no punishment for, yeah. no enforcement because it never yeah. crossed their minds that someone would be that <laughs> disrespectful and wackadoodle to not give a fuck. Hey son, you're home late. I sure am. Yeah, you are. Yes, I am. Well, I thought we agreed that you would not be home late. Well, we did. Yeah, we sure did. Now here I am late. Yeah. Well, we, uh, you're not to be late from now on. Sure. May, yeah. I could think about that. But you were late. We, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Very late. <laughs> so we said that if you were I'm late. i play video games, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you just exactly did the dialogue that happens in our house. <laughs> I, I think I think my son is Clarence Thomas. <laughs> That's exactly the way our household is run. We have rules that are not we have not thought ahead enough for enforcement. It's no enforcement. Uh, I want to get to this to make sure we we get to it. Oh yeah. Um, Max Maven uh, yes. died this week. Yeah, yeah. Max Maven. Um, Wonderful magician. You know, I saw Max Maven in uh, the mid-70s. Teller and I had just gotten together. Yeah. I, yeah, we were already we were already working in Asparagus Valley, but not for long. And we went to see Max Maven, I think at a magic convention, mm -hmm. in, a, uh, in a ballroom. Not a big ballroom, maybe um, 200 people. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I really felt I have seen the future of magic, and his name is Max Maven. Mm -hmm. He had the strongest personality. He had really gone out in a way that was not fashionable. I mean, magicians were trying at that time to be nice guys. Right. Hi, I'm just like you and I can do magic. And he was doing this, I'm creepy. Yeah. And I can read your thoughts. And he was doing this really pompous way of speaking and really intense and he was doing tricks that, I mean, were so far beyond what anyone else in mentalism thought of. Now, mentalism is a flawed form, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, Teller believes it even stronger. <laughs> Teller hates mentalism. Um, but boy, Max Maven was really, really good. And um, I looked at his Wikipedia page, and it said he was consultants for Penn and Teller. And I went, oh, really? And then I remembered when we had a really difficult um, intellectual problem, mm -hmm. 
Teller would call Max all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were trying, we were doing the um, plate spinning when we had to get a force for the people at home, all that stuff. You always, uh, we always went to, uh, we always went to Max. Yeah. And uh, it was just, just brilliant. And um, he did an assisted suicide, Mm -hmm. which I didn't even know was legal in California, but it's been legal since 2016. Did you know that? I didn't. No. So he had, did you know that already, Rich? I did. Uh He had assisted suicide and he had 10 of his closest friends there Tuesday night. And he had brain cancer, um, and uh, he was losing his faculties um, rather quickly. He'd, he'd, he'd rallied for quite a while. Yeah. And he, there was a very quick decline. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Handsome Jack was there. Mm-hmm. Mac King was there. Carissa was there. Jen was there. Yeah. Um, his closest friends, Erica, of course, and Liberty Larson mm. were there. Other people from the castle. Because Max spent a lot of time at the castle. Yeah. I guess he kind of did it right. Yeah, I mean, he had a beautiful little last words that went out. He had some, well, I don't know if you know the last words that I know, but uh, the last words, and uh, Carissa was recording it, are, he said, which I, I think is pretty great, and I'm betting knowing Max that he wrote this ahead of time, which is if you're going to do an assisted suicide, you can have your last words all written. Yeah. And his last words were, hmm, who would have thought poison wouldn't taste good? <laughs> Is that what you were thinking of? Uh, he had a, uh, a tweet that went out with his last beautiful words for humanity on it. Oh, right. Yeah. No, 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 no. Those were his actual last words. Yeah, yeah. The last thing he said was, hmm, who would have thought poison wouldn't taste good? Yeah. As he as he drank the poison. Yeah. What were his What were his last words on the Twitter? Um, if you give me a moment, I'll, I'll grab them. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was great about was seeing all of the think about like Johnny mm-hmm. Thompson and Max Maven are that they were entertainers, not only great magic thinkers but great entertainers. Mm-hmm. And so all these uh, these uh, tributes to him going up, left and right, are Max. Came and saw me at the castle. I was my first time at the castle, and who was sitting in the front row? Max Maven, mm-hmm. whatever. And Max's words were never about moves or technique. Max always said very smart things about performance to people mm-hmm. and changed their way to, to make their performance better, which I think was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I think we get too we can get too nerdy about it sometimes, but he was he was really good at giving people very practical advice. Uh, his last tweet. That went out right after he died. Said, uh, "I made my life about words, reading them and writing them. I wish I had more. I wish I had a more elegant way of telling you all that I love you. I had a good run, made wonderful friends, shared many laughs, and I learned a great many things. I learned that magic allowed us to be so much bigger than we are. I learned that we should keep uh, that we should be kind to one another and forgive people for being flawed and prideful. The one thing I know is that we can all do better, and I think we will." What a nice thing. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. But not as funny no. as, hmm, who would have thought poison would taste bad? Wouldn't and, taste good. And again, I didn't know him at all, but judging by his friends and stories, I believe he's probably very happy that you know what his actual last words were. And that <laughs> he went out on a laugh. <laughs> he did. He went out, he went out on a laugh. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, boy, it's a... Um, it's a tough thing. I'm uh, I'm uh, sick of people dying, but I got a feeling we're all going to die. What? I got a feeling we're Wait, all going to die. Like, not. That's what AJ said. Yeah, you. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, My death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It, it was private thoughts. <laughs> How to get away with it? What to do with the body? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, it was it was Dahmery thoughts. Um, I, I, uh, while I was meditating, mm-hmm. when I'm supposed to be thinking about my breath, yeah, my mind wandered to, um, in a lot of the readings I've done on Zen Buddhism, mm-hmm. it says you should always be aware of your death, that you're going to die, right? It also says you should be in the here and now and not think about the future. <laughs> I never saw those as contradictory before because I was thinking my stupid dog mm-hmm. is definitely in the here and now. 
and I don't think he's aware he's going to die. <laughs> I don't think he has that understanding yeah. of soon I won't be hopping up, barking and annoying people. There does not seem to be that dual rail of reality within him. No. No. He does not seem to be aware of his own mortality. <laughs> I am aware of his own mortality and often think it should come sooner than later. <laughs> You know, no matter how much we try to prepare for the holiday season, yeah, chaos comes. That's true. Even for a person like me who's not particularly attached to the holidays, there's a lot to do around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Right about now, with the seasonal excitement or dread is really starting to settle in, <laughs> especially for small business. Slaying through traffic to the post office, inbox more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland, rushing to send cards and gifts to your local clients, it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Nice. Stamps.com, they've been supporting this show since 2012. Did you know that? Wow. Really good. I can't believe there's anybody that doesn't have stamps.com because it's not like a decision. It's like if you're going to mail anything ever, have stamps.com. There's no other way to do it. You don't want to go to the post office. It's your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. A stress-free solution for every small business. Rates are constantly changing. With Stamps.com's a switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. What I want to know, Matt, is if someone is not very tech savvy and indeed not very smart, would yeah. they be able to use Stamps.com? Yes. How do you know that? Because I am that person. <laughs> I use Stamps.com. It is for ogres like you and me. Yeah. You have a printer, you have a computer, they have great customer service, it works for both uh, national and international shipping, it is very convenient, and saves a bunch of money, and uh, yeah, I don't remember the last time I went to the post office, and man, I just love saying it. I don't remember. (laughs) Good. This holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights, and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code... Pen. For a special office that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitment or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in... Pen. You sure should. You should sure type in pen, because that'll get you a really, really good deal, all sorts of free stuff. Now we're going to go to Ready Rich. We talk about stamps.com. Yeah. We're talking Matt Donnelly. That's right. We talk about masterclass. We're talking about Ready Rich, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, we are. We did a masterclass, and um, with masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds. I just said we did a masterclass. Then I said you could learn from the world's best minds. Yeah. All men are Aristotle. We are some <laughs> of the best minds in the world yeah. doing a masterclass on magic. People really like our magic masterclass. You know why? It's wicked good. It is wicked good. I mean, Teller is a very good magic teacher. Teller has really good pedagogical ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I was going to trip up Big on that. Mind. Didn't you? Yeah. Big mind. Yeah. But uh, uh, they made it even better. Yeah. They made Teller better, and Teller's a really, really good teacher. And that, our masterclass features Piff the Magic Dragon. Right? Yeah. Jade Simone. Yep. Uh, Johnny Thompson. That's right. And Matt Donnelly. That's true. All are in the master class. What ones have you taken recently there, uh, Ready Rich? I'm going to do a twofer today. Good. Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. All right. And what are they talking about? How to be president? And we would like to right now offer a free <laughs> master class on how to be president. Yeah. I will pay for it if. Donald Trump wants to take it. (laughs) What do they say about how to be president? Well, they don't really tell you how to be president, but they do talk a lot about what influenced them Mm -hmm. while they were president. Uh And I think that's important stuff for us to know. Yeah. And what what, what are the major takeaways from uh, George and Bill? I'll talk about George. He was trying to be very political with 9-11 about let's not not take it out on anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. And when he was standing in front of the actual demolition site, people were not accepting that. Mm -hmm. And that influenced his policy from then on out. Oh, really? 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. He responded directly to that crowd for the rest of his, his career. Fascinating. I mean, wow. That makes the whole master class worth it. Yeah. Just that. <laughs> exactly. That's really heavy. I want to watch. Were they both, were they both really good ones, the Bill and the um, George? I think everybody needs to hear them. Yeah, good, good, good. These are stuff, I mean, it's top of like Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Uh, Ron Howard. Yeah. I mean, Steve Martin. I mean, these are people that you want to listen to. It's an immersive learning experience, cinema quality classes. They do a great job. You can do them in any order, 10 to 15 minutes in length, fits easily into your day-to-day life, works on every possible platform you could possibly want, and they give you other resources with it. It's really, really, really a good, good, good thing. So- I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class. That's the important thing. Yeah. One price, you get everything. And as a Penn Sunday School listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash pen. Now, that's masterclass.com slash pen for $15 off a masterclass. What more could you want? Uh, so Max Maven will be will be very missed. Yeah. Um, just, uh, uh, one of the reasons magicians, not lay people trying to get in, but one of the reasons magicians belong to the magic uh, castle is to be able to go and see people like Max Maven just hanging around all the time. Absolutely. It was Di Vernon. It was Max Maven. And you know, there'll be another generation hanging out there. And you even talked about like mentalism, you know, Max brought a tremendous, theatricality and entertainment factor to mentalism, yeah. you know? And Hondro, um, you know, Hondro wrote to me and said, you know, one of the best. Yeah. One of his absolute heroes. Yeah. Can uh, I talk about the thinking for a second? Sure. He had so much material that went so far out of the way that you would normally think that you'd almost want to say, well, forget the trick part. Let me tell you how this worked. Mm-hmm. The methodology is so compelling. His methodology was amazing. Yeah. That's well. That is the. That's why there are so many bad mentalists. Yeah, is that the um, the uh, the puzzle of how you do it? It's such a fascinating intellectual thing. I think there are a lot of people that study mentalism that don't perform and aren't entertainers, or you know, even though if they think they're entertainers, they're not. Um, right. Because the uh, the intellectual stuff on mentalism is so amazing. Right, like uh, you know, uh, they get fascinated with the idea of like, hey, I'm I'm gonna do all the all the things that I think are cool about being psychic, while saying I'm not psychic, and that makes me a good, mm-hmm. um, you know. Whereas like Max Maven can do stuff with the way humans think, the dual reality stuff. That's stuff that like real like people I think are very good at mentalism are very into is pulling off like dual reality. Like when you're saying something. And different people are hearing it different ways for different reasons. Yeah. And, yeah. and behaving differently. Well, that, that thing that you, we use all the time in magic of getting someone up from the audience. Yeah. And they experience a good, solid B minus trick. Yeah. Well, the entire audience sees an A plus trick. Yeah. Which is uh, reinforced by the fact the person watching the B minus trick is right there. Yeah. And it's happening for them. It's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Reddy, I'm sorry I cut you off there. I'll just say, a lot of what he did flies in the face of the the secret to magic is just ugly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah it does. Very often not with him. Very often not. And his books, which he wrote under his um, his given name. Yeah. Uh, not his real name, but the name he started with, which was Phil Goldstein. Yeah. Uh, the magic books are astonishingly well-written and beautiful. And um, uh, I think even non-magicians would really enjoy reading uh, some of his magic magic books. Yeah. They're just so, so, so deeply, deeply clever. Yeah, the application of Gilbraith principle, the mm-hmm. mathematical principle yeah. to magic is just that's amazing. Yeah. Like mathematicians would love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He did he did he did a lot of stuff with that. Really good and really smart. So he will be uh, he will be missed. Yep. He'll be missed. Max Maven. Max Maven. Yeah. Who started out as a keyboard player in rock and roll bands. Did oh yeah, that? I didn't know that. Played uh, played keyboard. Now um, that explains y- his ability to apply makeup. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> now you've been seeing magicians lately. You saw Shin Lim. I went and saw yeah, I went and saw Shin Lim uh, with a friend of mine, with which is actually the Shin Lim and Colin Cloud show, mm-hmm. which at least now they have them on the posters and stuff. But that show is fifty fifty. Shin Lim, Colin Cloud. Was oh, it really? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and Colin Cloud, speaking of mentalist, I think I love Colin's performance style so much. I think he makes mentalism as active and fun and his pace is awesome. He, he knows staging. He's very, very good. He's a very, very good talker. Um, and so it's a, it's great. It's a very nice balance. We saw him the, back on Fool Us. Yeah. When his name was McLeod. Right. And, and I even got to interview him a couple of years ago. He's not thrilled with his appearance on Fool Us. And I don't know, you know, like just as an, he's grown since then. Yeah. And so he's, you know, he's like, ah. I just saw him on. Oh, nice. Which I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> and we're not going to edit out. <laughs> um, and he did a, uh, he did a, he did a nice hunk on there. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Hunk. Super funny. Super charming. Mm-hmm. You know, and that part's great. Uh, Shin Lim is fascinating. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I want to say this. Uh, this is not a critique. This is just a fa- from a place of fascination, and, and maybe even just an idea of like an older guy talking about a, a younger performer and what younger people deal with or whatever. But Shin Lim's performance style is of a reluctant cult leader leading a cult at gunpoint. That is how <laughs> he talks to an audience. <laughs> Like, it just seems like he's like, I love doing card stuff, but when I talk to you guys, I don't know how do I want to talk, but if I stop and say something passionate and touch my heart, and it feels weird to me to do that gesture because it feels like too much, but when I do, you guys cheer and roar like crazy, like you love when I do it, so I guess I got to keep it in, like, is how his whole persona comes across. And he's, he must have some actual discomfort with speaking in public because he spends the majority of his show backlit, uh, to the point where you cannot see him and he narr- and has pre-recorded narration, like probably half the time that he needs to talk on stage. Mm-hmm. And so it is, uh, but it only, and this is, when I went with my friend, I said, you, there's something you just, you know, he's like, oh, I've talked to other magicians who say this about us. Some people like this, some people don't like that. And I said, you, would you, would no, did anyone talk about how famous he is? And he was like, what? And I was like, this is what you have to understand by going to see Shin Lim, is that he is remarkably famous, that people just love to see him. And I remember this point when Paul and I were working on an improv show, and we took out Glenn to lunch as a big swinging move on our part. Mm-hmm. And Glenn was like, please don't pay for lunch. Um, <laughs> and we thought about how, like, hey, I did Wayne Brady. That show was packed. Even when Jim Belushi came to town, people filled up that show. Like, there has to be a place for a good improv show here on the Strip. And, and Glenn said... People love to spend time to be in a room with celebrities. If Wayne was going to read the phone book, he could probably sell tickets to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, if Jim Belushi was just going to do a Q&A about his brother. People would probably just spend, buy tickets to that. The improv just happens to be what they're going to do to spend the time, but people are spending time to be in that room, you know? And so for Shin Lim, he's incredibly great at close-up magic. So there's a camera on there and you see 1,200 people watching screens, watching close-up magic that is insanely good. Mm-hmm. But to when he speaks awkwardly and painfully, like he doesn't want to talk, the audience eats every word of it and they cheer. Like there's multiple standing ovations in this show. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they did any like, get on your feet if you hate cancer. There was none of that. <laughs> 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 there's no no rah-rah popping circumstance to it. He just authentically there's a there's this barrier that you have when someone's incredibly famous and they kind of are opening up to you and kind of don't want to that becomes such a guilty pleasure to people that it drives the energy of the room. And that's what Shin accomplishes that's so hard to explain to magicians who are like, ah, it's mostly close-up, right? You know, like you're like, right, because you're not incredibly famous to them. Yeah. You know, he is. Yeah. And so like, I was like, it is just, it is bizarre. It is a bizarre well, energy won, to witness. One America's Got Talent. Yeah. Yeah. He won America's Got Talent, then he won America's Got Talent Champions Edition the first year they did it. Mm-hmm. And that's when America's Got Talent was bringing in like 25, 30 million viewers, which mm-hmm. it doesn't do anymore. So it's like, yeah, he, 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 he like peak famed got it. Plus he was, I think after Piff, probably the most successful Foolish contestant too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he has that. And so that's where my friend was taking it back. I was like, do you understand how f- famous he is? Yeah. And he was like, I, I mean, kind of, I was like, this is what we're, this is what I know we're going to witness without, uh, this is what I was warned about before going to see the show is that you're going to see just people just roar for him. And they did. People love him. Yeah. 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 He's really good. Yeah. He's super good. Uh, but yeah, so I don't, like I said, <laughs> but reluctant cult leader is definitely the vibe. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Colin is a welcome balance to that energy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking casually with the kids and making them say funny things and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also, uh, and also, you you get to think about uh, Colin's hair. Yes, and who might be up there. If there's enough that they, that's where I think he gets his stuff from is that uh, someone can crawl around. And him. you also saw Matt Franco. I did. I was very happy to go back and see Matt. Matt Franco, who has the best video coverage of any live show ever. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yes. The screens are gorgeous. The screens are gorgeous. It makes the whole like, hey, you're going to watch screens thing very uh, easy. Um, he, in fact, he added a set where he brings up a, uh, a blackjack table and, mm -hmm. and brings up people from the audience. And he does this thing where he has his assistants and stuff boom them. So they don't have to talk into a microphone or do any kind of mic coaching mm. or anything, which I thought was like a really nice adjustment, actually. And then he's very good at talking to camera. So you're not, there's not this weird thing if I'm watching a screen, like you actually feel like you're watching him almost record a TV segment. Mm -hmm. So it's like very well done. But more importantly, it's like Matt, when he won America's Got Talent, was really like um, put up as like a super sweet, grandma's boy mm -hmm. right and we had him on here and we joked that he's from rhode island and he's secretly a killer and a thumb mm -hmm. right yeah i'm very happy I went back because uh as what i just described as shin matt is a tremendously great talker great entertainer knows how to talk to an audience and now seven years from america winning agt now he's coming up on show 2000 over there at the link is much more just himself mm -hmm. like he's sarcastic he's ball busting He's, he's high status, uh, you know, making jokes and stuff like that. Like, there's not this faux sweetness. He is sweet at some points, and he's still, you know, whatever he is. But he uh, he's just a great, he's really shaped up. He's starting to wear the Vegas Entertainer thing very well. Mm -hmm. And so I was very happy to see that. Um, fuck does he work hard on stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, if you follow him on Instagram stuff, he's just learning crazy hard, knuckle-busting shit all the time. And now he just shows it off very well in his show. But I was like, seeing it, I was like, he's a great entertainer. And boy, does no one practice more than Matt Franco does. He does. He does. Yeah, yeah, more. yeah. So, uh, and then he indeed uh, uh, grabbed my son, um, brought him up on stage, my youngest son. Because my wife said, hey, Hamilton's coming back into town. Why don't I get us all tickets to Hamilton? And my oldest son said, yes. And my youngest son said, no, thanks. And so no Hamilton for him. And so I said, why don't you and I go out? Which means I got out of going to Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, you know, he came by Scoop Fest and stuff. So I said, you know, uh, can we come by your show? He said, yes. And then he brought my son up at the end or whatever. Now, my son, my youngest is much more of a wise ass than my oldest one, but he did fine. He mm -hmm. paid himself. But more importantly, and Matt doesn't even know this, he paid a huge debt in my household. Because you used my oldest son. Right. And my youngest son was like, when do I get to do a magic trick? Good. And so... He got to go up there, and now I'm dead even on getting my sons into magic shows in Las Vegas. Well, you know, my uh, my son was on stage at Matt Franco. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Matt Franco was trying very hard not to pick my son. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was his whole goal that night was not to pick my son. And we were a large group of people. Yeah. So we sat in two different places. So Matt Franco looked at me, yeah. saw where I was, and then picked a child far away from me who wouldn't be my son, brought him on stage and said, what's your name? He said, Sultan. And Matt went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another fun thing is Matt's gone full Copperfield mode. Yeah. That he can talk to his crew while he's on stage. Uh-huh. And I know this only because when he did pick my son, I put up my phone and started filming. And I guess crew was coming to stop me from uh, doing that. Uh -huh. Using my video, taking video at the show. And he was able, over the applause of bringing my son on stage, to switch over mics, talk to crew, and have everyone leave me alone. Oh, really? Yeah. Which that's just those are those are things that you don't learn on a on a penguin magic tutorial. No, no. you know, those are these, these are these are different things. You know, that's a, that's a, that's an entertainer skill. You just gave away three of his magic tricks <laughs> by saying that. You just you just you just you just completely sold them out. Completely sold them out. People are going like if he. Oh, yeah. So that's, oh, he can, oh, I see. Oh, I see. They were just figuring that right out. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> I love your show. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Yeah, you know, it's pretty great. Uh, it's pretty great to look and see uh, Shin Lim, yeah. Piff, yeah. Matt Franco. Yeah. All there on the strip doing their shows. Yeah. All I think would say, not not Matt, but uh, Shin and Piff started on Fool Us. Right. And Matt, of course, appeared on Fool Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, for that, Copperfield did too. So that's, <laughs> we can't really take credit for Matt or Copperfield. No, no, no. But I mean, uh, two guys that came up in the, these, you know, uh, this this era uh, that are selling tickets. They're still mm-hmm. getting butts and seats years after the fact. Yep. So it's, it's a, and certainly would have uh, done very well without Fool Us too. Yeah. That's an important thing to point out that a lot of those shows don't, you know, if you said <laughs> to America's Got Talent, if you said to Simon Cowell, if you said, would these people have done well even without you? I don't think he would say, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a different point of view. You do. I have a different point of view on yeah. that. Uh, speaking of good things, which we really weren't, um, <laughs> Uh, the Lineage Trio. The Lineage Trio. Uh, Alex Frank, uh, who is uh, um, yeah, yeah. my uh, my new bass idol. Mm-hmm. I just heard him playing. Well, if, if you want to, the Lineage Trio, L-I-N-E-A-G-E Trio, uh, has a new record out. Uh, guitar, uh, bass, and drums, uh, hard bebop, great arrangements. It is a killer fucking record yeah you should check that out and also i heard a record that you will never hear but man was it good um the drummer for imagine dragons mm-hmm. uh daniel platzman i think it is mm-hmm. platzman I, I only i only call him dan but so his last name but anyway the drummer for the imagine Dragons. yeah yeah platzman right plots or platzman? i don't know i also call him dan so i don't know yeah um he doesn't know that because we never met but i just call him dan <laughs> I mean, you always knew Imagine Dragons have the best drum sound I've ever yes. heard in pop music. Yeah. And if you listen to Thunder or Believer. Right. Pfft, Distinct. Beautiful drum stuff. I knew he was a great, great, great pop drummer. Yeah. Rock drummer, pop rock drummer. But what I didn't know was he started out as a jazz drummer and indeed still is a jazz drummer and a monster jazz drummer. Really? Now, I've met him backstage like, Five times. Yes. This is the drummer for Imagine Dragons. We, we talk and, you know. Uh, you both get, and when Vegas, when Vegas goes big, you often see Imagine Dragons and Penn and Teller show up at these events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I sang Viva Las Vegas on stage with Imagine Dragons. Yeah. For instance, in the, um, in the. Uh, uh, Vegas Strong. Concert. Vegas Strong concert. I've met the lead singer, Dan, a few times. Yeah, everybody, he was on Fool Us. Yeah, everybody in the band is named Dan. <laughs> and uh, I met Wayne, the guitar player, and the yeah, yeah. and um, but Jonesy calls me up. Now this guy's been backstage five times. Jonesy calls me up and says, "You know the uh, the Imagine Dragons drummer is a monster drummer." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I know." He goes, "No, no, 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 not an Imagine Dragons." Yeah, uh, he, uh, he, he went to Berkeley. Now Berkeley School of Music is like a magic word because Jonesy went there. Yes. So Jonesy thinks if you go to Berkeley, you're a good musician, which is true. Um, <laughs> but the fact that Jonesy thinks it bothers me. <laughs> and he's a, he's a jazz guy. Yeah. He just plays jazz. So uh, Jonesy says he's going to go over and play with Dan, right? And uh, I'm really, I'm really laughing to myself because I went on this morning NPR show, right? Yeah. And um, I did this interview with this guy named Joe. It was a fine interview. And then I saw Dan that, that afternoon. And Dan said, yeah, I heard you on uh, the NPR thing. That guy, you know, said, oh, everybody can tell your house because, and then described in detail what his house looked like and where he lived. <laughs> so I was just about to go into describing his house and where he lived and realized that would not please him. <laughs> So uh, he's got a beautiful, I mean, beautiful, I mean, beautiful recording studio at his house. Beautiful. And Jonesy says that Alex Frank, the guy in the lineage trio, great bass player, was flying out from LA so that Dan, Alex, and Jonesy could play at this great recording studio. Oh, shit. And they had this uh, engineer named Matt, who's, um, who's, uh, uh, he's the killer's engineer, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really big ears. I mean, 
monster. So I walk in there, and the first thing I see, okay, what I'm really trying to say is that Dan's my new boyfriend. Got it. Uh, first thing I see is he has a wheel for to get ideas. He has two wheels. One is the subject of the song. The other is the style, right? And he spins the wheels at random. <laughs> and one of the categories on the wheel was Sun Ra. Oh. So you can imagine how thrilled to little pieces I was. Yeah. And then, you know, Jonesy, I've seen Jonesy record jazz trio records, right? Mm-hmm. And Jonesy sets up three mics, mm-hmm. one for the bass, one for the piano, one for the drums, and they go. Done. I think he had like 20 mics <laughs> uh, all over the drums, all over the piano. One on the bass, because who gives a fuck about the bass? Um, and he has these like reverb plates and this huge room he's in. And the engineer is there. And like, this is three guys playing together. They are not making a record. Because I don't think they can put out a record because he's, he's Imagine Dragons. Yeah, yeah. But they're not making a record. These are three guys fucking around. <laughs> Might have been the best three-person jazz sound I had ever heard. Oh, wow. I was in the studio, the guys there getting all the mic stuff. Oh, and they were good. And they come to, you know, and it's this horrible thing because I'm not supposed to be this, but I think I kind of am a little bit. Like I kind of go, well, you know, they play in a, they play in a rock and roll band. They're, they're great. They're great playing in a rock and roll band, you know? Yeah. He comes to his, his solos on drums, and he's a monster jazz player. And that is rare. Yes. It's really rare that someone's playing two types of music that well. So I went from, boy, this is a neat guy I've met backstage, and boy, he's a you know, rock superstar playing stadiums. And you know, he said, we're going to go play India. What's India like? And I said, I think it'll be different for a guy playing stadiums than it was for us knee-deep in shit in a, in a ghetto trying to find untouchable magicians to do magic for us. I think it'll be different for you. <laughs> I said, we had to tape our mouth shut in the shower. You probably have your own shower being brought from the United States, right? <laughs> I mean, stadium rock and roll is a little different class yeah, yeah, yeah. going in there. Anyway, Dan's a great guy, and I'm going back and listening to Imagine Dragons records and going, oh, oh yeah, you can, you can tell they... I just was not paying attention to how much they know about music. I bet professional basketball players are so jealous when they go over professional musicians' houses when they're like, oh, a recording studio is much smaller and nicer looking than a full-court basketball court. And you're wrong. <laughs> His recording studio is the size of a full-court basketball. <laughs> okay. That's where you are dead wrong. Okay. And using more hardwood. <laughs> and then putting egg cartons on top of it. Fair enough. Fair. You know, fair. Uh, uh, I think 45 foot ceiling. Oh, geez. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, the top of it has a reverb plate with a mic behind it and a whole plate and a speaker in front of it to do real acoustical reverb. Um, there's some nice oh, stuff shit. happening in that studio. Wow. And he also told, showed me the, um, the actual drums that were used when he did the. Um, uh, soundtrack for uh, like Transformers. Mm-hmm. His, his, his background is soundtracks. So he does movie soundtracks, plays really good jazz drums, and is a rock and roll star. Not bad. Tough. Doing okay. Tough Doing guy. okay. Tough life. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he worked hard for it. He knew those, all that truth. stuff. That's and uh, then we went out and found this great Indian restaurant that has uh, not only vegan dishes, but Jane dishes, you know what Jane dishes are? Yeah, cruelty free, completely cruelty free. Right? Yeah, you so cruelty free. You can't have garlic or potatoes because that hurts. You can't have living food. Okay, all the food has to fall naturally and be done. It can't still be growing. And Janes eventually, in, in some of the sects of Janes, they will starve themselves to death as, as part of the religion. Jane is okay. People who eat at Outback Steakhouse yeah. look at vegans as being crazy and eating nothing. Yeah. Vegans look at Jane's <laughs> that exact way. 
to a Jane having a chickpea yeah. is having a full Porter House steak. <laughs> they have Jane stuff on the menu. That seems impossible. This place called Mint Indian Food, which I'm going to be going to really, really often. Yeah. It's another way that I can get fat again still being vegan, <laughs> which I'm really looking I forward to. I want to check it out. I also have to say, I've said this before on the show, but I want to say it again. I have... People talk to me about why I'm vegan. Is it environmental? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Is it about cruelty? Yes. Is it about health? Yes. But now it is also about comedy because it makes me laugh so loud. When you've not eaten any chicken for four or five years, yeah, signs in the world become really funny. I saw a sign for Dave's Hot Chicken. And it made me laugh so much, saying, is your, is your chicken aware you're putting a sign up about her sexuality right there in neon? It seems disrespectful to me. Clucky, you're sexy. I want to tell the world about it. I know, it. but Dave's hot chicken, or couldn't it be Cl- Clucky's hot? Could you put that up there? <laughs> Just Clucky's hot? Um, and then when I see a Kentucky Fried Chicken, world's best chicken. I think, well, I want to pull over and see that. <laughs> I want to see what makes you the best chicken. Like, and then when you see... Did you bring your W-2s and your 1099s? <laughs> just, he can do all kinds of math. <laughs> just That's his, his superpower. World famous chicken. Yeah. 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 Let's go see the world famous... Let's go see the shin limb of chicken. <laughs> it's feathers. Yeah. Just the, 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 the beak speak. They, it's just, just to be in the room with that world famous chicken. <laughs> I mean, I've read in the tabloids... But boy, world-famous chicken. Uh, I am going to be yes in Minneapolis on November 15th, right? Yes, Tuesday, November 15th at the Granada Theater. At the Granada Theater, which there's a bookstore behind it. Meggers and Quinn. Meggers and Quinn's bookstore has put me at the, what is it? Uh, the Granada, Granada Theater, Theater in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis on the 15th. I'll be yapping about my book and taking questions. Excuse me, Mr. Gillette. Why doesn't Teller talk? Glad you asked me that. Um, uh, in then, Minneapolis. Why are you voting on question three? Oh, Jesus. Fuck. No, it'll be then. How did you vote on Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say I voted five times. <laughs> Oops. Um, but, uh, and then the next day. Yeah, go right I, to Denver. Denver, Colorado. And I'm going to be at Tattered Cover Bookstore. Yeah. Tattered cover bookstore answering the same fucking question. <laughs> Why doesn't Teller talk? I'll be there doing that. But please come see me. I gotta tell you, I like it so much when congregation people come to the come to the show. Yeah. We're, we're gonna be doing a QA with uh with uh, uh patrons. Patron. Right after this. Right after this. It'll be really yeah. fun. Cause I like they ask the best questions, the uh, people from there. A lot of um when I did the uh, the I, book signing in uh, Portland, mm-hmm. um, four close-up street magicians came up to have their books signed afterwards. Oh, cool. And I got to tell you this. I just got to tell you this. Here is the, um, for Arizona, I think it's Arizona. Let me just check. I believe it's, I believe it's Arizona. No, Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, number one in fiction. In Oklahoma. That's right. Random by Pendulette. That can't be bad, right? What a random oh. state to be number one in. Right. Two, Passenger by Cormac McCarthy. Take that, Cormac McCarthy. Three, Liberation Day Stories by George Saunders. Mm-hmm. Take that, George Saunders. Um, Prize for the Fire by Rhea Askew, number four. And It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover, number five. So, Cormac McCarthy, who I believe won every award in the world. Yeah, yeah. And George Saunders, who everybody, including Moon Zappa, thinks is the best writer in the world. Mm-hmm. Two and three. Yeah. Second and third. A lot of Cormac McCarthy books turned into movies, so who knows? Number one. Random could be next. Random by Penn Gillette. Yeah. Number one in Oklahoma. Today, Oklahoma. Tomorrow, the world. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. You become naked. Try our chicken breasts. (laughs) Okay. That was Sunday 
Oklahoma, okay, okay, Oklahoma, number one, number one, number one in Oklahoma. You, you know, you know, we love you. Hey, Matt Donald, you got anybody to thank? Yes, I want to thank the loyal members of the congregation who support us at such a higher tier. They get autographed thank you postcards from Penn, as well as their names read right now. I want to thank Adam Luce, who hopes Teller has a speedy recovery. Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, Miriam Engels, Scott Kelly, Kelly M., Adam Berzins, Matthew Applehands, Fractured Adventures, Carlos Alvarez, Nicholas Emerson, Michael Cornwall, Ross Devereaux, Rue Dudley, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bacher, Eric Dobell, Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, and Jacob McCulley. Thank you! Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.